Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and my co-host this evening is the birthday boy himself, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, welcome. Well, hello. Welcome. How are you, man? I feel welcome. I'm good. I'm another year older. Happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. And also, I I would be remiss if I didn't say happy birthday to Daddy Dab as well. Absolutely. Because we share the same birthday, and so we're fellow Aryans. Um, Aries, not Aryans. <laughs> that could get me into a lot of trouble. Um, we are fellow Aries. Um, and uh, also, there are a couple of celebrities that were born on this day. Yeah, like who? I'm sure you got Reba it, right? Reba McIntyre. What's wow. that? Reba McIntyre. And the ever-so-popular right now, Lady Gaga. Wow, how cool is that? Yeah, I know. But and I, I think I can gay Trump you for my birthday. What? You can gay I Trump can, me? I can Trump your Lady Gaga. I share a birthday with Cher. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Trump Lady Gaga, all right. <laughs> so cool, cool. I'm glad I missed you. I, you know, the last two weeks, uh, Jack was uh, hosting with me, so it's good to have you back. Well, thank you. It's nice to be back. I, 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 I was kind of lost over the last couple of weeks, thinking, what am I supposed to be doing? I know I'm supposed to be somewhere. But the <laughs> last week, I was, like, on my deathbed, it felt like. Um, <laughs> so sick. Oh, God, I had to go to the emergency room and the whole nine yards. It was awful. Oh, that's not good. Awful. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was just terrible. Anyway, I digress. So what do we have oh. going on tonight? Uh, tonight we have a Pazaya member named Steven. Sorensen, and he lives in uh, Nebraska, and he's going to call, he's on line now, I'm going to bring him on in a little bit, but he's going to talk about what it's like to live in rural Nebraska and be HIV positive and what the services are like out there, and kind of share his personal story, um, you know, about living with the disease as well, so it should be very interesting. I spoke to him a little bit earlier today, and uh, very, very funny man. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) Had me laughing. Well, you know what, we need to laugh. It's, it's, you know, it's that kind of thing. Oh, by the way, by the way. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my birthday for a minute. Go ahead. I bought a king-size bed today. Oh. I'm so excited. That's and awesome. Being, what did you have before? It, it was a queen. And when That's you try to get two full-grown men and a dog in a queen-size bed, oh. it doesn't quite work. So I broke down, went to Ikea, and got this really awesome bed, and it just you sink right into it. It's lovely. It's just, it's like heaven. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know. I know. So I, 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 re, I had to rearrange the house today. So <laughs> I had to pull the, the one bed, the bed out of the bedroom, put it into the guest room, and then <laughs> rearrange the whole thing. <laughs> I'm a little sore. <laughs> oh, and I want to warn everybody right now that we are having severe thunder and lightning and rain and tornadoes right now. So. I might get cut off at any time here because the the electrical weather is being kind of funny. So if I do, I will try to get back on as fast as I can. So Sounds cool. Um, I did want to talk about a few things. If you're a first-time listener to the show, um, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Um, and if uh, your show is looking at the chat room and you're wondering why you're showing up as a guest and some people have names, uh, you can join Blog Talk Radio. It is for free and create an account. Uh, they'll give yourself a username, and then you can come back and chat, or you can do that after the show for the upcoming shows and allow you to interact in the chat room. We do sometimes take uh, questions from the chat room for our guests, so it's always a good uh, way to, you know, to reach out to us to ask questions. So you can go ahead and do that, and right up top you can also see uh, add the show as a friend and also subscribe to get friendly reminders. So you can always do that so you can get a friendly email reminding you that, you know, we have a show going on every Sunday. 
I also wanted to mention a few things going on with the POS-IM network. Uh, Jeremy, you're still there, right? Okay. Yep, I'm here. Just wanted to make sure. He's got a little bit louder all of a sudden, but that's fine. <laughs> um, a couple things. Uh, we do have three new bloggers, and I'm excited about the three new bloggers. All three of them are female, which is great because we haven't really had any um, female. We had one female blogger, Alina, but she is uh, affected by the disease, so it's nice to get three women um, who know what it's like to live daily with the disease. Um, well, her one's name is Marlo, and her blog is called Unequivocally Me. Uh, the other one is Brandy, and her uh, blog name is Lady Positive, and I believe Brandy's in the chat room, so hello to Brandy. And then the other one is Monique, who we actually had on the show before, uh, Jeremy, we interviewed her, and her blog is Destiny um, is Where I'm Headed. So there are three new blogs that you can check out uh, when you uh, join POS-IM. I did want to remind people to uh, go to thebody.com and check out my blog. They just posted two new blogs up for me. Um, one is about HIV and hospital beds. What's it like uh, when I started taking meds and stuff like that and how I had to deal with a reaction. And another one is about um, people who inspired me on reality television um, who were HIV positive. So you can check that out at thebody.com. I also wanted to talk about, Jeremy, real quick before we bring our lovely guest on, about uh, the interview that I just did um, Thursday evening up yes. in New York. Yes. How did that come I was yeah, I was really, really excited about it. It's a, it's a show up there called Talking About, and um, Jonathan Griffin and, oh, my God, J.C. Alvarez, and I forget the other lady's name, I apologize, um, is the third host. And it was very, very, very cool. I've never done any kind of television before, and it was on their local station up there. It was only uh, viewable to people in Brooklyn and in Queens. That was on Channel oh, okay. 34. But um, they will upload a video, and there is a podcast that you'll be able to listen to um, if, you know, you don't see the video. So those two things will be available for people to see. And it was just very, very interesting um, to see how behind the scenes of television. Yeah, and television's kind of fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It was very cool. I was nervous. I was like, oh, my God, that's me. That's my name. That's like, you know, I was up there, and my name flashed underneath me. <laughs> <laughs> It was really cool because I'd never seen it before, you know. So were, you, were, you, were, you, were you sitting there watching yourself on the monitor? I was trying not to because I noticed uh, <laughs> some other people who were on before me were, and I tried not to look at the monitor because it kind of distracted me. You yeah, know what I mean? You're like, do I really look like that? Well, no. besides that and the bright lights in my face, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to squint. <laughs> But um, while we were up there, there was another gentleman who was on the show. His name is uh, Justin Utley, U-T-L-E-Y, uh, -E and he's a singer. And, uh, a really amazing voice. He's a local guy in New York, and he's an activist, uh, and he's a great guy. So you can check out his website at justinutley.com. I thought he was a phenomenal singer, you know? Singer? Singer. Yeah, he was a singer, singer. songwriter. He has a powerful story and all that good stuff. And the only other thing I want to do before we bring on Stephen is uh, – talk about the upcoming shows we have um, for April, since, Jeremy, you don't even know, so I wanted to kind of yeah, <laughs> put yeah, you in as well. Yeah. Um, let's see, April 4th, which is going to be Easter Sunday, we will be here. Um, Jack will be hosting with me, and we're going to have a gentleman by the name of Jacob Pring. Let me make sure I say that right. Yep, Jacob Pring, and um, he to start running events for people that are HIV positive. The events are called Pause Events. And he'll come on and talk about those because he has them going on in, Chicago, uh, going on in Washington, D.C. and New York. And eventually he's going to start hosting events in Philadelphia and Chicago. So he's oh, eyes open for that. Um, on the 11th, we will have Devonda Rosenborough. If I said her name wrong, I apologize, Jeremy. You'll be listening with me. She's an author, a great activist. Um, on the 18th, we're going to have Branding... Brandon Maxada, who has been on the show before. Um, he's from the ADAPT Advocacy Association, or AAA+. Uh, and he's going to come on and talk about the importance of ADAPT. And uh, then on the 25th, we're going to Yes, right. And on the 25th, we're going to have Herman Young, who was supposed to be on the show um, last month but had to cancel due to uh, something happened, so he had the last minute canceled, but he would be on the 25th to come on and share his story about being HIV positive and a liver transplant oh. recipient. So it should be very, very interesting. So, again, 
Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Let's welcome our guest. Let me find the switchboard. Steven Sorensen, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Good. Thank you for having me. Well, well, you haven't had you yet. Well, no. <laughs> That's the evening we're going to have. Rock on. <laughs> Jeremy, happy birthday, by the way, to you. And Dad, thank you very shout much. out to you, too. So much oh, love yes, from so, Omaha, Nebraska. Well, I've been there. Have you? Uh-huh. Did you blink? No. Um, actually, I my brother was stationed there ah. <laughs> in the airport. Yeah, office. Yes, office. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. strategic air command. We would be one of the first people bombed yes. in the nuclear yeah. war. It'd be great. Yep. I, I think the president, president has a bunker under there someplace. Yes, you're correct. It's actually, that, so. you know, I, I coming back after 20 years of being away from Nebraska, I've grown uh, a new appreciation for what Nebraska actually has. I didn't realize it when I was here before, but now that I'm back, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, there's some things going on here. And I've learned all about Offutt Air Force Base and all that stuff. <laughs> didn't know that before. Dang it. That's funny. When I first spoke to you and you told me you were from Omaha, I had the Counting Crow song in my head. Ah, good, good song, good song. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was. I was looking for a little clip to play when you came on, but I couldn't find one. Oh, funny. Well, yeah, that's an old song too. Omaha. Anytime anybody mentions Omaha, I think of two things: Warren Buffett. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. The Oracle of Omaha. Exactly, and the steak. You know, Omaha oh, okay. uh, Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? Well, and, and, you know, most people don't realize that ConAgra food, anything in their freezer, basically comes from a company that is based in Omaha. Right. So it actually has a lot of significance, like banquet meals and um, lean cuisine, and all of those are owned by uh, ConAgra Foods. Who uh. knew? Who, yeah, who, who knew? knew that? So, but what, so what about <laughs> Omaha and the HIV scene? What's well, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, HIV, I, I've been positive for uh, over, let me see, 13 years, since 93. Um, and I was actually diagnosed in Minneapolis, Minnesota, when I was living there. But I had left Nebraska, and I'm from rural Nebraska, actually. My hometown is way west, in the middle of the sand hills, where um, it's literally sand dunes covered with vegetation. Trees are not indigenous to this area. It's, it's, it's an old desert or at the bottom of a, an ocean. But my home uh, town is population 350, including cattle. And I graduated <laughs> with a, from a high school graduating class of 17, 15 of which I started kindergarten with. So very rural, very small. Um, growing up gay was not easy, especially with a lesbian mother. That made it oh. very interesting. Wow. So... I, yeah, I come from a long line of gay folk. My sister's straight. We worry about her lifestyle choice. Um, <laughs> I would too. God, but they reproduce. <laughs> it was it, there was a bad there was a bad stig, stigmatism being gay as it was, but then when I went to New York City and discovered, oh wow, there are gay people everywhere. It was amazing. <laughs> so my coming out corner. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I kind of went a little crazy in the coming out process, and I didn't come from a lot of education. There was never any sex education or HIV education in my high school whatsoever. Our form of sex education was probably provided by my great-grandfather that says, don't knock her up. <laughs> I was going to say you're version of sex ed would have been the 4-H club. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, but it just didn't exist. And coming back now, I know that it is better now. At least my sister in her high school experience had education of HIV. And at that time, I was actually positive. So that made me feel good about that process. But there is still this very conservative stigma that is um, keeping HIV people from 
thriving and prospering in in uh, middle America, frankly. It's not just Omaha. Um, it is very conservative. It's very military. And people are in the HIV-positive closet is what I think. Stephen, just to back it up a little bit, when you came out as being gay, um, yes. was it easier for you because your mother was a lesbian, or was it still kind of difficult to go through the process, or was your mom not out then? Um, my mom was out, um, but it was, it was difficult because my mom was out. Um, everyone teased me that I was gay, and I always defended my mother that she wasn't gay, and then when I found out she was gay, it didn't matter, but it, it hurt that I didn't know, so I thought it was a bad thing. Right. So there was this very twisted conflict that um, kind of plagued me until I saw in the what I call the real world, you know, outside the the cattle Grazing fences down. and all that stuff. I, I saw that people can be themselves comfortably without having to having to be um, put into categories. So not all lesbians are this, and not all gay people are that, and not all uh, farmers are this, and not all ranchers are that, and not all Midwesterners are this, and not all New Yorkers are that. People are people, first of all. Right. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. It's the human factor, and it's something that it's good to kind of wake up and remember every day. Absolutely. So, you moving to New York, um, was that because that's kind of like total opposite of Nebraska? So, was that kind of like a rebellion thing? You think? Uh, you know, it was my great grandmother. I was I was in dramatics. Who didn't think I was gay in high school? God. Um, yeah, but I, my great grandmother gave me a one way ticket to go to NYU, and she said, "Go, Stephen, and make something of yourself." She knew I didn't fit there. She knew that my life wasn't going to be there. And she encouraged me to get out to a world that I could um, find for myself. So it was, it was a blessing. Yeah, I had suspicions that my grandma was a lesbian, frankly. But not confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. So you went out there for 20 years. You went to school there. Oh, yep. did, you graduated? I graduated. I actually then went to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that's actually when um, I um, actually tested positive, was in Minneapolis. Um, I then moved from Minneapolis to Boston, from Boston back to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to San Francisco, San Francisco back to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Boston, and now wow. from Boston to Omaha. So I've moved a lot, but I've been in the hospitality biz most of my life. So you kind of follow the money. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, most of it was, um, you know, corporate transfers. I did a lot of openings of hotels, or I was transferred into a position or found a position that was, you know, on the next rung in the corporate ladder, per se. Mm -hmm. So that's what took me on my adventures. And I've always wanted to travel. So in the hospitality industry, it's a great way to do so. You know, they need people anywhere. Anywhere they've got new destinations opening, and that's what I did. And it was great. My last job in San Francisco, um, before I decided to um, buy my soul back from corporate America, was with Hotwire.com. And I was a market manager and traveled for a living. It was great. That's, that's uh, fun. Yeah. And think of all the travel deals you get. Exactly. Oh, smart man, smart man. So now that you're back in Omaha, yes. What's what? What are you looking to change about how Omaha views HIV positive people? Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed is I I I want to create a safe space for people to come out of that HIV positive closet. I want to create a place where they have a voice. Um, there is one um, aid service organization here, and it is a, a very, it has a vast uh, ground that it covers. It covers all of Nebraska. It covers eastern Wyoming. 
it covers southern South Dakota, southwestern Iowa, and northern Kansas. Mm -hmm. One organization with its main offices here in Omaha, with satellite offices in uh, well cities or towns like Scotts Bluff, way out west, and Grand Island in the middle. Service, servicing all the population that exists here of people um, living with HIV. The problem with that is that um, they've, they've gone into this corporate m mindset, and I don't think that's the most effective for uh, reaching the community at large. And certainly they don't offer the, the uh, same type of programming and education prevention that needs to be um, done, possibly because of funding they are struggling and they are trying to organize themselves and get themselves back into a better place, which is great. But I think that they're missing the boat on utilizing volunteers like, like people like myself who are passionate about advocacy and are willing to, you know, for example, I'm doing my own um, education online with various um, websites like Manhunt and Craigslist and various places like that, where I'm providing a place that people can ask questions. And that's all I do, is answer basic HIV 101 questions. And that's not provided currently by Nebraska AIDS Project. Um, I'm hoping to change that. I'm, I feel that my, my presence here in Omaha, Nebraska is for a reason. I feel that coming home to me is about giving back to a community that I left. So I'm excited about giving a voice to the people, but I know it's also going to be a challenge. Um, it is a very conservative area. And um, there's, there are a lot of opportunities, though. So what, what's interesting is you're, you're talking about, you know, because I, I am familiar with Nebraska AIDS Project. I'm also familiar with Colorado AIDS Project, and they're mm -hmm. very they're, they're small. Well, not mm -hmm. small. They're, they're they're strapped. You know, they're, they're they're spread thin. And you you met, you just said something that that rings so true is is that a lot of these um, ASOs have gotten caught up in the corporate mindset, the or not the corporate mindset, but I should say it's the political mindset. It's, right. Um, how to appease everybody without pissing anybody off. Right. And and how to get the money when you need it. Number one, and, and, and two, how to how to disperse the funds. Um, so you, you, that's that I think is a common thread in a lot, a lot with a lot of aid service, aid service organizations. Where do you, how do you think that you'll be able to change that? You know, I, I've been blessed with having a great experience in the in corporate America. With that corporate experience, I have a Rolodex like you would not believe of all the top. Um, hospitality organizations throughout the world, frankly. And what I intend to do is use my expertise and contacts to bring back um, an awareness and a uh, urgency, a need for people to get involved in this cause in supplying educational resources for the youth today, for various um, demographics. Um, it, uh, the message has been lost because people don't see it anymore and it's not put out there anymore because the money's not there. So you've got this vicious circle. And if you can get corporate sponsorship to come in and help with the message, um, it's all about partnership. So I really, really want, want to try to stir up some of that partnership that's just been lost because they have forgotten how to go through things through their grassroots starting startup. You know, hitting the pavement, making the calls, you know, and it just takes some passion. And I just don't think that a person that has a caseload of 280 people that they're trying to service 
has the passion to go out and also fundraise. Is there an age walk in Nebraska? What was that? Is there an age walk in Nebraska? They don't have – they do different kinds of fundraising, but they don't have a, a what is considered an AIDS walk per se. So maybe that's something that you could try to start. Absolutely, um, they do. The big fundraiser is called Night of a Thousand Stars, and it's um, done in December. And they encourage parties um, in individual homes, and then they have, throw a huge party at the convention center here in Omaha, which is a beautiful party, and they have you know, partnerships with area restaurants and, and entertainers and, and everyone donates and there's a, and they get a lot of money from that. But that is the only big fundraiser that they do. They do do a dining one, but it's not like Dine Out for Life. Um, right. It's a little bit different. It's their own version. Um, so there are definitely some opportunities there. One of the programs that I did with AIDS Action when I was in Boston was um, with my partnership that I knew through Hyatt. I used to work for Hyatt Corporation, and we had them through the month of December. Every room they sold at a certain package, and we called it the, you know, the uh, I think it was the uh, care package. And uh, 10% of every room sold during that month on in that package went to AIDS Action. So it was a great opportunity for them to promote, you know, community involvement and for us to get um, them as a partnership. Mm-hmm. So there's some, there's some great opportunities here. And with major companies like ConAgra Foods, uh, Mutual of Omaha, there's major insurance companies, Physicians Mutual, um, even um, Warren Buffett himself. He's a very philanthropic person, and I would love to get the opportunity to see what he can do for us. Hmm. That's interesting. So, so uh, you, were, you were diagnosed in 93, so you've yes. been positive for 17, right? Am I counting wrong? Yeah, 17 years. 17 years. Um, I know when we spoke earlier, you spoke a little bit, you, when you started meds, you were on AZT. It was the only one out there. What it was you, miserable. Uh, what are you on now? <laughs> um, I was just on a triple. Unfortunately, the Sestiva and the triple failed on me, and I um, created a resistance. I'm on Intellence and uh, Truveda. Okay. And how is that? It's tolerable. Um, very few side effects. I've done just as well as I was doing on um, a triple S. So my counts are, my CD4 is wonderful, and my uh, um, viral load is undetectable, so I can't complain there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, I just had a question in my head, and it went away. I hate that. <laughs> Me too. So you're you're very out about your status there. Have you come across other people who um, are as out as you are in Nebraska? There are a few. There are a few of us. I've had some calls today when I said I was actually volunteering to do this this evening. They were like, "Really? This is awesome." <laughs> so I've got you some new fans, uh, which is great. Which is uh, I've been trying to promote what you guys are doing, which is an amazing venue for people to have a voice and get connected and realize that they're not alone and that there are the issues that we face daily are issues that other people are facing and that um, if we come together that we really can make, make a difference. And so I applaud you guys for, for making this happen. First of all, it's just awesome. And for someone stuck in rural uh, Nebraska or Kansas or, you know, BFE, <laughs> Who knows? This is awesome. This may be their only connection to anybody who is dealing with what they're dealing with regarding HIV or AIDS. Yeah, we get um, a lot of people who are in the rural areas who talk about not being able to, you know, be connected with an ASO because either it's too far away or it's not able for them to connect. Is there support groups around your area? 
that's another thing I would like to start. There are limited support groups. There is one support group that um, Nebraska AIDS Project does. Um, there are some support groups that are, of course, 12-step related uh, for the gay and lesbian community, but none specific to dealing with um, uh, HIV in particular. So that is something that's dear, near and dear to my heart. My mother is a former drug and alcohol counselor. Yes, my lesbian mother. Um, so I would like to get her as a, a wonderful resource to start something to provide another service there uh, for the community. Um, being uh, also aware that uh, there is a very high conversion rate amongst, um, a, a, amongst various age groups um, in regards to HIV and crystal meth, that is an area that I want to do something as far as social marketing to get a message across about um, playing safe, and and um, that message is currently not a non-existent really here in the Midwest. I so, is, is there a big drug issue going on? Uh, there is. Um, Omaha, Nebraska, is kind of the crossroads of the company uh, of the country. So, what happens is a lot of the gang members from New York or Chicago and then L.A. and the West Coast get sent to the middle of America and end up in Omaha, Nebraska. The other thing you've got to realize is crystal meth is easily produced in rural areas because, frankly, a local, um, local uh, officials are not aware of how it's produced, um, may not have the ex expertise or training to deal with it, and plus, they have such a vast area of space out here that it would be hard to find it if you really wanted to. Not encourage anyone, but there there is a problem. Um, and there there is, you know, I was in Minnesota, which is the land of 10,000 treatment centers, and, um, you know, the message is up there, but it's not reached Omaha as of yet. Interesting. That's, that's, that's interesting. And what is the – do you know what the infection rate is right now in, in rural America? You know, I know that the numbers for both Iowa and Nebraska are up from last year. What the exact number is, I could not um, quote that. But I do know that both of them are up. Both of them are also in direct correlation with crystal meth use within the same areas. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a pretty strong correlation between um, what's going on and people just, you know, not being safe when they are doing whatever um, and not having the message. Right. It seems like a, a lot of um, stories that I hear from people that really crystal meth plays a large um, part in a lot of people contracting HIV. Um, it, it, I, I've seen it from you know multiple people who we've had here either on the show or just in personal emails from people because I know it was a part of my um, you know addiction was crystal meth. So why do you think that it's so like intertwined with each other? Either Jeremy or Stephen, either one of you. Well, well that? from from personal experience, I think. I'm also, um, I, I've, I've dabbled in the whole crystal meth thing and, and survived, thank, not, thank God, knock on wood. Um, uh, it's, it completely sheds your inhibitions and you don't think. There is no thought process. Um, and so considering using safe sex practices with uh, partners is not even considered. Um, I love, the, one of the, the harm, harm prevention campaigns that I, I love the most is actually done by AIDS Action and the Mail Center, and it's called um, The Love Trip. And it has a great, if you have a chance, go check it out on, on their website. Um, it's a wonderful piece of social marketing about um, if you're going to use, be safe, and here's how to plan because it, it meets people where they are, which is where it needs to start. Um, but that concept is <laughs> not even considered here. 
um, it, they say it, but they don't do anything about it. Right, right. Yeah, I just wanted to remind everybody that the lines are open, and I believe we actually have a caller. Yes, we do, and it looks like they are from your local area, since you both have the same area code. So, <laughs> the fellow Nebraskian, welcome to the show. Oh, God. Hello? 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 Yes. Area code 402, what's your name, where are you calling from? This is James. Hi, James, where are you calling from, Nebraska? I am from Omaha, I'm actually a friend of Stevens. Cool. Yay, James! Hey, I don't believe I got through. That's fine. But, <laughs> yes, he is uh, um, an amazing person. Um, and um, we have a lot of parallel life experiences. So um, having him come into um, my neck of the woods or come back to it, as I have as well in the last five years, um, we have so much to talk about, and we strike so many points of uh, agreement um, as what needs to be, um, and the possibilities of what needs to be done. Here it is. Um, happy birthday, by the way. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. you. Uh, is there static on the line, oh, or is no. that me? It's just you. Uh, just everybody okay. on this right. day, right? So we'll go all-inclusive. But, um, yeah, my uh, experiences are so very similar, and um, I have had... Uh, more, uh, I guess, and now it'll be six years um, that I've moved back from the East Coast myself um, and um, have had um, the good fortune of of many ASOs throughout the country that are phenomenal, Um, those being um, actually in Lancaster County. um, um, There's kind of a regional one as well, too, and they service a great a larger area as well, too. So um, that was one of my first um, experiences with um, an ASO within the state. I tested positive, actually, in Germany um, back um, in 10 years now. So um, the experience I had within that area, even linguistically, um, um, made some difficulties, but it was there were some phenomenal um, individuals that I dealt with also, um, one physician in particular in um, Pennsylvania was through the Lancaster uh, General Hospital. Um, that was uh, Dr. Kirkner. And, um, there, um, um, Colorado AIDS Project is another one as well too. That's um, that's phenomenal. And they're um, granted, like I said, scope and funding um, can complicate things, but at the same point, it doesn't have to diminish um, client services. So particularly here, I have been um, affected very directly um, by some of the limitations um, that we experience. So individuals like Stevens, and um, hopefully as uh, he gets more people on board, including myself, we will um, be advocates for change and for improvement and at least have our voices heard, um, as um, unfortunately in my experience, they have not. I have actually been barred from my ASO for missing appointments. I lost my job last July and uh, gave up a vehicle. And so <laughs> sometimes it was difficult to make my appointment. So I've actually been barred from mine for missing appointments and being late for appointments. So that in itself um, is just kind of a tip of the iceberg as some of the improvements that possibly can That's crazy. Crazy, yes. It has been difficult, especially in um, trying to reintroduce myself back into the workforce in a very conservative area, just being gay, but um, at HIV positive. To that um, does complicate things. So um, I have renewed hope uh, in individuals like Stephen that um, are looking to give us a voice and just support where there there was none. God bless him. Thank you. You, Stephen, very much. No, God bless you. Thanks for calling in. All right, thanks. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, that's interesting. Could you imagine being barred from your ASO for missing appointments? You know what I mean? Especially if it's from things that, that you can't help. You're not just missing them on purpose because you feel like missing them. That's kind of absurd. 
It, it is absurd, and the the, uh, the problem is that I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not here to bash any organization because we know that that funding is hard, and and finding good people is harder. Um, so you know, and that is certainly struggling, and 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 trying to work it out. They've just recently had to. Uh, move out of their old location, find a new location, and um, you know it, it, they're they're struggling. The problem is they don't have the proper kind of triage going on, and people really don't. I, I don't think they process people on a personal basis. And again, it's that that concept of um, uh, on being more of a corporation than actual uh, a grassroots organization. You know, needs to get back to basics. Care about the people. Where's the human factor? That's interesting because when we were talking earlier, Stephen, I remember you saying how you know a lot of the grassroots that started you know many years ago are all now have either been handed to somebody else to take over because either you know the original people who started it have passed away or exactly. have retired, and it seems like that you know they are taking that corporate route. And I noticed a lot of the Older ASOs are starting to crumble, but a lot more grassroots, you know, similar like Paz IM Radio, and, and certain grassroots are starting to rise because they're bringing the, the, the connection to the individual that's being missed. Well, and it's because you you bring a voice to those that don't have one anymore, and that is what is missing in so many of these. And I can, I can only, I, you know, 8th Action did a wonderful job. They're a very large corporation, but they still had a process that kept it human, which I respect very, very much. Minnesota AIDS Project, I can't speak highly enough of. What they do and how they do it is brilliant. Um, I love the people up there. I love how they execute things, and it, they, get, they know how to get to the right people to make things happen. I think that's just what's missing here in Nebraska in, with NAP, and especially since they cover such a large region. I think it's vital to tap into that, that potential that just they've forgotten about. Because, you know, they're, they're more concerned with processing the form to get that grant, um, but they've forgotten about the other, the other part of fundraising or connection, and that's that partnership. And they've left right. out their people. I mean, I went in there to volunteer when I first got here. I moved here in September of 2009, uh, not that long ago. And the first thing I did is walk in there with my volunteer resume in hand, and I said, I want to volunteer. Oh, well, we can't meet with you. You'll have to come back. We're, we have a meeting. Well, that was disheartening to me because I'm like, okay, I can't even get someone's name or number or card or anything, um, and I asked for it. Um, and so I called, so then I emailed, um, finally got a response months later, so I emailed, I, you know, finally in an intake to become a client again, I was told, oh, we have too many volunteers, we don't know what to do with them. And I'm thinking, but you're having to sell your building. That's crazy. That's wrong. That is so, right. volunteers and we don't know what to do with them. I wish we all had that problem. Yeah, don't you? I mean, hello. I'm like, who could who couldn't use more volunteers? I've never heard of such a thing. I, and that's why I think you may not know what to do with them, but having too much volunteers is not your problem. <laughs> yeah, but maybe listening to your volunteers, you may be able to find a way you know, to make them useful, right. like holding. With all the volunteers, you can do a fundraiser. Right. I mean, how? <laughs> Everyone, go and get $5 from your neighbors. Bring it back. <laughs> you know, uh, there I you go. It's, it's tough finding volunteers, especially ones that I need to sit on a fundraising committee for um, mm -hmm. regional HIV AIDS commission here or consortium here in Charlotte, North Carolina. If anybody's right. listening in Charlotte and you want to volunteer, <laughs> I need you. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I just I couldn't believe who who doesn't need a volunteer. 
basically, I was shoved off, and so I said, you know what? Fine, organize yourself. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm knocking at your door, and I'm not gonna. Yeah, whatever. But I am going to do my own thing. I see a need, I meet it. So there was a need definitely online. I, I saw, I started meeting a bunch of people because I'm new in town. I don't know that many people beyond my, my family. So I saw a lot of people that would talk to me because I was, I put, my, my nickname is Pause Aware. My, my status is right out there mm-hmm. on all my profiles. <laughs> So people would talk to me just because I was positive and want to know something. I'm like, huh, there's obviously a need. And I remember that AIDS Action, the the Mail Center, Nebraska AIDS Project, had people, volunteers that came in, took different shifts, and did nothing but answer questions online. That's all they did. And frankly, someone who was struggling from, um, the, you know, side effects of meds or, you know, having a difficulty getting out of the house, couldn't have transportation issues, could do most of that from home. So they're really missing out on free opportunities to expand their um, reach and their effect and their uh, potential of making a difference in the lives of people here in, in Central Central USA and and certainly Nebraska. Not Central America, folks. Not, Not Central America. America. Just, just so you know. But we do need to help those guys too. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. So real quick, I just want to remind people that you guys can call into the show if you'd like to speak with us or if you have a question. Uh, the number to call in is 347-215-9442. I know one of the topics you wanted to talk about, uh, Stephen, was um, disclosure in the workplace and how yes. difficult it can be. Um, I know I went through a similar situation that you're going to talk about, but uh, I just wanted to talk about how your experience was when you had to disclose at work and how you went about doing it. Um, well, first of all, I've had both the experience of staying in the closet, HIV closet at work, and I've had the experience of um, going into HR and saying, here's the situation, and I'm going to be honest about with you about it so you, you know up front. Um, I talked directly to HR when I did did do it, but I had established a rapport with HR before I did that. Now, um, I caution because I am I, I I'm conflicted on this topic internally because I do believe in disclosure and I do believe in living your your life out because that's the the best way for change to be who you are and be proud of who that is. Um, and not be ashamed. Um, but I found consequences with that in one organization. I had a fight, a discrimination. They fired me. Um, basically, when they fired me, I asked them why, and they said, because you're sick all the time and we know you're HIV. And I had a witness. How stupid. <laughs> I mean, it was just a no-brainer. <laughs> so I not say that. They did, and I just, I and I couldn't believe it. And as soon as I walked out there with, and, and had to collect my stuff and be walked out of the hotel, I, I was walking with my my witness that came with me, and she's like, "We're going to the, the lawyer's office right now." And I go, "Yep, we are." <laughs> oh yes, here we go. <laughs> equal opportunity, the equal employment opportunity guidelines. And, and law that says ah. you can't do that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> it needless to say, I don't think she's ever worked in HR again. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> but that is um, awesome. Even when I've only disclosed to my boss, unfortunately, it, even my sister right now, you know, she's pregnant. And she's working in um, a similar industry. And she's kind of, as soon as they found out she was pregnant, they kind of have said bye bye. So my sister finally got what I went through because she's experienced something similar. Being let go for some stupid reason. <laughs> Being looked at as a detriment instead of the asset that you are. Right. So, so you seem to have this positive, no pun intended, um, outlook on life. Um, what kind of advice? 
I mean, well, first of all, how long did it take you to get to this state to where you're okay? Like, how was it when you were diagnosed? Like, what were your feelings like? What was the emotions running through your body when, when they told you you were positive? Uh, was that before I blacked out or uh, after? <laughs> um, yeah, I did not deal with it well, and I dealt with it very badly with a lot of alcohol. Um, not good for your body. Um, it took me a lot of years. It's not a, an easy journey, but I don't think life is always an easy journey. But I think that what you make of it is really what counts in the end. Um, I've had the benefit of actually spending the past three years in self-study as well as pursuing my new passion, which is architectural design. Um, and that enabled me to kind of take all that crap from all those years and reprocess it and go, what did I learn from it and how can I grow from this? So that's, that's all I, my best advice is when life gives you lemons, make compost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. I have a caller here on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them on. Uh, they're from my local area, so area code 267. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Okay, they must be listening to the show and not actually wanting to call in, so I'll let them listen to the show. <laughs> it's always good. So, so what was it like growing up on a farm? Tell us about that, because like, that's like country, country. You had cattle. You had all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. We, we, you know, it was great. Um, <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Wait. Hold on. Oh. Getting picture, getting image on the farm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't Not that image. That's our daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Omaha. It's, it's Omaha where the men on men and the cows are nervous. Yes, yes. That would be more like Stapleton. Omaha is actually pretty metropolitan now. It is, yeah, because the college is right over there, isn't it? Uh, well, they're, well, Link, the big college, the Huskers, uh, Husker football, you know, is down there in Lincoln. <laughs> that's okay. It's Lincoln. Was oh, that your butch voice? That was that's my lesbian voice. <laughs> oh my lord! Right. Oh my lord! Oh god! Okay. <laughs> but growing up, you know, is is interesting. I I um, was blessed to have my great grandparents alive when I was growing up, and so I had a generation that most people don't get. And my great grandfather was the last to receive a homestead under the Homestead Act. Um, and so no, having him as, uh, you know, they, they had a Saudi. They built a house out of sod. So we were green before green was popular, you know. Um, we, we, they did, they were the true pioneering types. They, my, my grand, uh, grandmother, Janet, had to literally walk through snow barefoot. You know, it was true. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it it was a, a different. I looking back on it, I'm very fond of it. Like going to a very small school, I had K through 12 in one building. You know, the entire population of Logan County is only 800, and eight, uh, Logan County is half the size of Connecticut. So, I mean, it, it's just a very vast, beautiful place. Very different. Um. Than, than the East Coast, vastly different from the East Coast. I, when I first went home after being in New York, I couldn't imagine how beautiful the sky was because in New York City you don't really see the sky. I mean, you see remnants of it here and there, but in Nebraska you see the sky. And it's amazing. <clears throat> now when I talk to my mom, she's like, you've got to slow down because you talk too fast. So I've been learning to slow down a little bit. But, yeah, growing up was – it was a different – there was one thing that um, I, I took a, one of my friends from, and they were from Long Island, and we took them Long back Island. to Staples – Long Island. With and we took him to Long Island, yes. <laughs> we took him to Stapleton, Nebraska, and he had never been out, you know, New York, period. 
Um, so he was like, he was like, there's no stop signs. There are no street numbers. How do you know where you're going? <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, you go down by the, fa- the farm on that has the red house and you turn left. <laughs> That's how you get directions out there. There's no, I, when I tried to send something UPS, they said, well, you know, we can't send it to a post office box. And I'm like, we don't have an address to our home. It's out in the middle of nowhere. So I had to have it sent to the school, which was the only other building in Stapleton that had a address, physical address. Oh, God. It's rural. Wow. <laughs> it's my 20-year It is my 20-year high school reunion in May. And I'm going, which is going to freak you. me out. Yeah. I said, what the hell? I'm going to go. You're going to go see all 15 of everybody. That's right. <laughs> and incidentally, they're probably all still in the same county. And they're all uh, probably, you know, like four times the size they were with a gaggle of kids. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, but that was the lifestyle. People took over their 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 family farm or ranch operation. That's yep. just what you did in the, in that culture. Yeah. You know awesome. what? Actually, I have a cousin that lives in Omaha or near Omaha, and she's got okay. soy fields or something out there. That's a big crop for us. Yep. Ethanol was developed. Ethanol was developed here in Nebraska. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else do you guys have? Cows, <laughs> corn, and soy. I mean, God. and Kool Aid. <laughs> Kool Aid was developed in Hastings, Nebraska. God, that's so funny. You know, that Stephen, where funny. can people find you? Because we've got about two minutes left. Um, so I want to make sure people can uh, figure, you know, find a place to find you, to friend you, and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, I am Rising Phoenix 72 on Facebook. Or I always welcome emails. Um, and my, it's my name, Stephen Sorensen, S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N, at Hotmail.com. Right, and if you are um, a member of Pods I Am, you can also find Stephen on there as well. Yes, 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 that's true. I forgot about that. Thank you. This is always good. So are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I am RisingPhoenix72 on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. So RisingPhoenix72 on Facebook and on Twitter. That's right. That sounds great. Stephen, thank you so much for calling in and uh, sharing your story. It was definitely a funny hour. Oh, thank you for your time, and thank you for including me. And God bless you for what you do. It's very important, and keep doing it. Oh, thanks, thanks Stephen. Stephen. Have a great night. You're most welcome. So, again, that was Stephen Sorensen, and you can find him, again, on Facebook or Twitter at RisingPhoenix72 or by his name on Paws I Am. What a great hour, Jeremy. This was Who a great by? hour. Yeah, it really was. What a nice birthday present. Look, I, I didn't I have to do calls. anything. I put in calls for people to sing happy birthday to you, and nobody hey, would do it. Daddy sang happy birthday to me in okay. in the chat room, and and then I, of course, reciprocated. Right. So, so I, I told, like I told you on Facebook, you know, you make twenty one look so good. <laughs> yeah, and twenty two, and twenty three, and twenty four. <laughs> oh God, good that cracks me up. So, Jeremy, where can uh, people find more information? Find me at PositivelySpeaking.com. It's P-O-Z. I, you know, it's PositivelySpeaking.com, and uh, it's Facebook.com forward slash PositivelySpeaking. And also on Twitter, PositivelySpeaking. Go figure. You know, it's right? a branding thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same for me. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on MySpace, under PositiM. Um, you can also PositiM Network. And you can find more information about the radio show and all that good stuff, past guests. And don't forget, you can download all of our shows off of iTunes and take us wherever you may go, whether you are in Nebraska or in New York. (laughs) So it should be interesting. Again, next week we have uh, Jacob Pring from Jacob Pring Events. He's going to talk about his pause events that he has um, starting in Washington, D.C. and New York, and then eventually moving to Chicago and Philadelphia. So, again, I want to thank our guest, Stephen Sorensen, for coming on and speaking about living with HIV in the good old state of Nebraska, right out there in the Midlands. <laughs> exactly. What, in what Central America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Central America. That's oh, too funny. I know. <laughs> hey, you know what time it is? It's time for me to take my medicines. 
right. Time to go to bed. So, again, uh, happy <laughs> birthday, Daddy Dad. We love you yeah. here at Paws I Am. And, Jeremy, happy birthday. Many more Thank you, and I love you. you too, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and you can take your spankings off the air, and everybody can enjoy the rest <laughs> of their night. Have a good night, everyone. Good night and a good week. Bye.